You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super-fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we have Nathan, or as you all know him, Kung Fu Barbecue. Hi, Nathan. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Cool. So, my name's Nathan. Uh, I call myself Kung Fu Barbecue on Twitter. I've been on there for a while. Um, got into barbecue a few years ago. Went to uh, Grill Stock originally, I think four or five years ago. Um, saw all of the great food getting prepared down there. Loved it. Went back home and bought myself a Weber kettle and a Weber Smoky Mountain and kind of grown from there, really. Yeah, cool. You've if you you've competed competed at Grill Stock previously as well, haven't you? No, no, not no? not competed. No, no, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm good enough to compete, Dan. To be oh. honest, it takes it takes a special skill that. Well, I think we we first met. I think we first met at Grill Stock a couple of years ago. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know why I thought you were. I thought you were competing. It's one of those faces that you see and. <laughs> But yeah, a face face from Crime Watch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great oh, to have in, you on. In, thank you very much. No, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen every week, so <laughs> I might not, might not listen to this one. It's always a bit weird hearing your own voice, isn't it? Ah, oh, mate, tell me about it. I, I don't listen to any. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Can't do it to myself. No, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been seeing you on on. Or I've seen you in person, but I've also been seeing the sort of stuff you've been doing on your on your website and on Twitter for ages now. And I think this year, like a lot of people were doing like uh, something you did last year, which was like uh, trying to achieve a certain amount of cooks in, in a certain amount of time and just really sort of pushing the boat out and, and seeing how much you can do outside uh, cooking over fire. And uh, I mean, how, how many cooks was it you, you did last year? Uh, I think it was about 130 or something last year. I mean, I'm counting uni cooks as well with them, yeah. just to boost the numbers a little bit. I didn't really set a target. It was uh, barbecue stew. I remember he did 100 in one year, and I just thought that was amazing to do 100 cooks in one year. And I thought, I need to get a bit better organized, try and do a few more cooks. And the numbers kind of crept up on me, and I was amazed I managed to do 100 in the end. 
yeah, well, just seeing that sort of unfold was was pretty amazing. And, and then, like, this year, there seemed to be a few others uh, that are going for something similar, trying to get out. I think it's sort of like almost just encouragement to get out there and, and cook more. I think sort of in the back of your mind when you're, you're trying to do something, it gives you that sort of uh, nudge to just get out and do it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good to cook all through all through the year. That's what a lot of us are trying to promote as well, isn't it? Don't just cook for those odd few sunny days we get, but get out there during the winter as well and get some nice food cooked. Nah, if you're waiting for the sunny days, you'll you'll, you'll never be cooking, unfortunately. Oh, I know, mate. I live in Scotland. I've been up here for 15 years and uh, people that know me know I complain about the weather the whole time, but I built, <laughs> I, built, uh, I built a new hut in October, so it's made it a lot easier. I'm cooking undercover now, so... It's a lot yeah. easier. Awesome. You must be running out of space as well, because I just saw you got a, got a Joe the other day. That's right, yeah. I, I built the hut, and everyone said, and it's right, when you build it, build it bigger than you think you want it. And I've <laughs> measured it all out with, uh, with the kit I had, and I thought, you know, I'll leave a little space. Just if I ever do get a ceramic grill, I'll leave a little space. But it's definitely filling up. Forward but, uh, planning, I, I like it. Yeah, I don't think I'd have got away with much more space with the wife. She was a bit concerned with the size of the hut when I drew it up. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's made a massive difference because uh, I think last winter I was cooking through the winter and it was horrific. I was yeah. cooking through storms and snow and sideways rain and the wind and I only had like a little bush shelter thing. So it was enough just to cover the grill and the, the smoky mountain. <laughs> but I would stand out in the rain and there was nowhere to prep the food and I was in and out all the time and the floor was getting wet and the kids were trying to come yeah. out. It was hard, but such a difference now. Undercover, everything's in there, all the prep tables in there and everything. I've got lights and I've got power. I've got Beautiful. a fridge in there. Wi-Fi, Sonos, it's the dream oh. now. Living the dream, living the dream. And your wife's enjoying all the food, so she can't complain too much. Yeah, definitely. I think she's enjoying it. I, I changed things a little bit, so I think she was getting a bit sick. I was doing a lot of uh, sort of big bits of meat cooked, cooked for quite a long time, and yeah, I think she was getting a bit a bit sick of it. And she's trying to make sure the kids eat healthily as well. I think she's given up with me, but trying to get the kids to eat healthily, <laughs> so. I've changed tack a little bit and I just went through some of the older cookbooks we've got that I've not looked at for a while and um, found some really interesting dishes in there as well. So that's, I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent this year and yeah. cooking some new and interesting stuff. It's, it's been, I have to say, it's, as a spectator, it's been amazing to see. And it's one of those things, I mean, the, the world is is becoming a smaller place and we, we are getting inspiration from everywhere. And it's, I think it's just... Uh, I'm going to take a step back, but like to when you were cooking sort of every day, uh, well, not every day, when you did the hundred and uh, over the hundred cooks in, in the year and you were posting about them regularly and your style of posting where you, you sort of critique yourself a little bit or promote a recipe or promote a cookbook where you were like, I got this recipe from here. I did this. I think that I could do this bit better. And that sort of way of, uh, of moving, I mean, that sort of, I don't know the way of sort of self-development rather than just sort of putting something out there and being like, here it is. I don't know, there's always sort of an element of self-development there, which which I really like about your posts. And, and yeah. then, sorry, go on, go on. No, I was going to say, no, I appreciate that. I think I started the blog really, um, I just had, I had notes everywhere. I had like Google Docs, I had stuff in there, I had stuff in Word Docs, I had notepads with notes in and I had lists of things I wanted to cook. I had lists of things I had cooked and how to improve it and what could have been better. And I thought, someone someone at work planted the seed and said, you should start a blog. She yeah. says, uh, each time I talk to you, you really like light up. I can see you're really interested in it. You should start a blog. And I thought, 
what what should I do? How should I make it sort of sort of the right thing for me? And I thought it's just a good way to consolidate all my notes. And it started off like that. I was just writing each one and making sure put everything in there. Things that didn't work, things you would do differently the next time. Yeah. And it has it has helped because I think when I started I didn't really have as much confidence cooking maybe as I do now. And I used to plan the cooks out a bit. So almost doing like a, a timeline of things to do at the certain times. And it was yeah. quite regimented, stressful. But over time, I think I've just got more relaxed with it now. And I'm, I think that is like a lot of people's journeys. I think when you first get, I think, again, like barbecue, you were saying about all of the big, the big meats and the big cooks. And so I think when you first start getting into this sort of style of barbecue, as as a, as opposed to barbecue, people go out and they buy like a, a thirty pound joint of meat and they chuck it at the barbecue and they're really worried about what's going to happen, or even like a fifty pound bit of meat and it's all a big worrying process and you you don't know your grill that well yet, so you're 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 still learning, you don't know how much fuel, so it is like a it is a big thing, and I think that sort of as you spend more time out there cooking and, and getting to know your cookers and getting to know your fuels and your woods and your seasonings and everything else, you, you do naturally become more and more sort of comfortable with it all. And then I think that's when, I'd say like that's when I think like sort of the magic starts to happen where you start to relax a little bit and, and try new things and not be so sticking to, to like this one genre of food, like American barbecue, for instance, but trying different things, bringing in new flavors. And, and yeah, I think that is sort of the process that a lot of people go through though. Oh, definitely no I agree with you and I certainly went through the journey last year I could see it and you see um, I look back on some of the older posts and I can see myself sort of developing and just the cooks improving and things so yeah. it was good I was starting to build a bit more information and I was trying to get a few more guys some of my pals and guys at work trying to get them into barbecuing a bit more and they were asking certain questions so I was adding a bit more detail into some of the blog posts as well just just so they could perhaps try a few things. So that's been helpful as well. Yeah, I mean, f for me, again, like, and I'm one of the worst for it. I, I love Instagram. But at the same time, Instagram's sort of one of these things that's become like, oh, look how amazing my bit of meat is after this cook. And that's it. Like, whereas I really like, like, I find it really refreshing your posts, the way they're like, I don't know, they, they are amazing and like the food looks incredible and I'm sure it tastes amazing, but you always still critique yourself and or you're always promoting a cookbook or a style of cooking and, and it's all just, it's just like a positive, it's a positive message I, I feel coming from uh, your post, which, which I really, really like. It, it sort of brightens up my, my uh, feed to be honest. Crikey, no, that's good to hear. I appreciate that. I do try and be honest with it. I think there's no point if something's not good or if it's not worked, there's no point really saying, look, this is the best thing ever. No, but a lot of people me. are these days. That's the thing is like so many people are posting all these pics. Like, and I say I'm, I'm guilty of, I post a picture and don't give any explanation. Uh, don't give any, uh, any comments about or like how it was to cook, what I did to cook it. Just check a photo on Instagram now. And that's it. It's almost like a, just a, uh, showing off or, or something. I don't really know, but uh, that's what it seems like when I when I like reflect on on what it is everyone's doing. But it, it, like I said, it, it's just uh, refreshing seeing what, what you're doing. I appreciate that, mate. It takes me ages to write them up. I think um, I was talking to artists the other day. He said you're going to do 250 this year. I said I could probably manage it <laughs> if I didn't have to write up all the cooks. I spend more time writing them up than actually cooking them. Yeah. 
But I think, I mean, again, like a lot of people appreciate it and uh, you've recently come onto Facebook and, and got on the, in the uh, Facebook forums and you're, you're posting a lot in there and, and I don't know, a lot of people obviously appreciate it and I see a lot of people's comments and, and you're inspiring a lot of people to, to try new things, which is fantastic. It was, um, it was amazing last year. I've got part way through it and people were saying things like that. People are saying, uh, your cooks are inspiring me to, to try different things. And it was amazing. It was like the, the blog had changed from, it's just, these are just my notes just to help me into something that was helping other people. It was really, yeah. uh, really an amazing thing for me. I'd, I'd never thought about it going in that direction. I just thought it would just be this little thing for me. So yeah, it's, it's quite hard to put yourself out there as well. I think starting something up and writing it and Definitely. Quite a private person, I think. So when people started reacting to it, you think, oh, please be nice. <laughs> but people in the barbecue world, they all seem quite nice people so far. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a good community. It's a good community overall. No, definitely. And I think what's helped as well, so you've been really good for this, and some of the stuff I've posted on Facebook when I've tried new things like the Kadai Firebolt, you were really helpful. You put loads of uh, comments in about fire management and how I could improve that cook and that sort of feedback from people is brilliant. So I try and add that back into the post as well, saying this person offered this advice, I would do that the next time. Yeah, no, that, that is cool. And again, and again like the, the way that you post stuff invites that. And I think that maybe sometimes we flick through things and I see someone's cooked, a, I don't know, something and maybe the the rubs had too much sugar and they've done it too high a heat and it's over caramelized. And But like, sometimes you don't feel comfortable just commenting and saying, oh, look, you need to either uh, change your sugars up, uh, look at what, what your sort of sugar burn temps are or whatever it may be and, and you want to offer out advice, but sometimes you don't feel like you, I mean, like you said, you don't feel co- uh, comfortable sometimes or you don't want to upset anyone or anything, but I just, again, like the way that you post is, uh, sort of invites invites that sort of uh, discussion, which is which is another cool thing. No, it's good. I would love it. I think anyone who's got any advice or feedback on any of my cooks on how to improve it, how to do it differently, I love it. I take as much feedback as possible and I'll add it into the post and the next time I do it, I'll try and do it better. Yeah, amazing. That, that is it's just the way we all need to be as well anyway. I mean, we're, I'm constantly learning things. I'm traveling at the minute and I'm learning different things all the time, learning new flavors, discovering new new meats and new new shellfish and lots of stuff and i'm i'm just really we're all constantly learning and evolving and it's just cool to see so where does where does the man that's inspiring so many get his inspiration from um it's two things i think so i do love cookbooks and i think i've got a cookbook problem <laughs> um, I see, I see cookbooks, and I think, oh, I'm going to buy that one, and I end up with loads of cookbooks coming through the door. And I think I had quite a few for a while, but probably like most people, you come to do the weekly shop, and you put a list together, maybe of what you're going to cook, and you're up against it. You haven't got enough time, so I was always struggling to think, what is it I want to cook? What was in those books that I've been wanting to cook for a while? Yeah. So just before I started the blog, I started going through some of the books and in I've just got one master list now where I list out all the things I want to cook from different books. So when I'm looking for inspiration, it's just in that one doc and I just pull them out of that and I, I build up a cooking list for like three or four weeks in advance. <laughs> but I think a, a lot of it has come as well. Um, before we had kids, we used, to, we used to travel quite a bit. So we had almost like a little bucket list. Where are all the places we want to go? 
yeah. places far away, um, tick them off before we have kids. And uh, we went to some really nice places, great places, and had fantastic food. We're both really into our food. Um, we like trying different stuff, and we had some great stuff. So we used to come back, and you try and replicate those dishes yeah. at home. Yeah. So I think now we've got we've got two little kids. Uh, we don't travel as far, so mainly mainly stick to the med. Still great food, but you miss some of those sort of Asian foods or Indian foods and things. So yeah. still try and recreate those at home and. One day we'll get back out on those long haul flights and sample that food again. I'm sure you. I'm sure you will. And and whilst you're whilst you're not, I mean, looking at the food you're cooking, you're certainly uh, getting those flavours still. And I mean, I'm really another thing. I'm just slagging myself off here in this podcast. But another thing I'm really bad at is I buy cookbooks and I get them. I flick through them and quite a few of them. I've, I mean, recently again. Uh, Breadless Taco is one that you've been uh, you've been doing a few bits out of, which I thought was great. Uh, there's been quite a few recently. I mean, like the Sabrina ones are quite cool cookbooks. There's loads of stuff that I've had recently, and I've ordered it. And but I, I'm so terrible at putting them putting them away and not really doing anything with them. Even though like the Breadless one, I found really inspiring when I was reading through it. Whereas I think like what changed with me maybe the last sort of six months before I came away was I was I mean obviously being into food you watch a lot of sort of cooking programs and stuff like that and a lot of chefs that I've seen being sort of interviewed in their home over the last few years I seem to notice that they all tend to have like a cookbook sat out and it's in the background so you don't really like notice it and it's not there for show and you sort of think like well at least top chefs are sat there reading each other's cookbooks and stuff like so I've been leaving i've been having a cookbook out oh, before i moved over here i've had a cookbook out on the on the coffee table at home constantly whichever one it may be and i was chucking uh, post-it notes inside because again the 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 bad thing about instagram is is you you scroll through and get inspiration and screenshot stuff but you never look through your screenshots anyway so it's like another problem there i'm just awful really so i started putting post-it notes in in all the ones I wanted to cook, and we'd go through and pick stuff, and and yeah, it's it's a really cool way of doing it. It is good. We we stuff similar. I'm looking at some of the books at the minute. They've all got these little um, pink post-it notes sticking out <laughs> the top for dishes you want to cook. Yeah, I think I think that master list really helped me. I try and yeah. go through a couple each week now on a Monday night. Get the kids to bed. We go through a couple of books each and build up that master list. What things do we each want to cook, and then uh, build the cook list out of it. But that Bredo's book was really good. I'd been out for tacos in, in Edinburgh and I just thought, oh, I've not made tacos for ages. And I remember the Bredo's book, but you could just cook all the dishes out of that. They look brilliant. I love the, I love their like sort of, uh, like their salsas and sort of condiments from the book. I think like they're just so transferable to so many dishes and it doesn't need to be tacos. It doesn't need to be whatever, but any form of sort of barbecue, I mean like sort of pulled meats and stuff like that hit them with some different flavors and some of those salsas and stuff just would be fantastic even in like a a salad if you just chuck the salsas in with a salad and then some 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 beef or whatever in with it and i just think some of the flavors are just fantastic and and yeah i mean it's a, a great book it was a great book no definitely and uh there's some good ingredients in there as well i think part of the fun as well you find these these different recipes but trying to find some of the ingredients they're a little bit harder to get in the supermarkets it's all <laughs> yeah. part of the adventure these things come through and i'm building up stocks i've got boxes of things now my study's I'm, overflowing with I books bet. and ingredients 
I bet. Yeah. That's the thing is again is you never you can never just buy a teaspoon of anything or one form of leaf of whatever it is you might need. So you always end up building up and building up and building up and yeah, I think any sort of barbecue addicts is probably or any any sort of foodie really probably is the same there cupboards are uh, bulging with with different spices and herbs and grains and all the rest of it. it it's handy isn't it you build it up over time and then it's easier you've got the stuff you need when when you need it uh, no exactly exactly i mean we were talking about sort of sharing a, a sort of tip but then you that was sort of it what we just talked about you were saying that the best thing that you've done this year is go for a couple of cookbooks and uh, and make a list. I think that I'm going to probably do that. I've been I've been really slack since I've been over here, but uh, but yeah, I'm I don't know. I'm sort of drawing on inspiration whilst being over here, and it's it's kind of hard because I'm away a lot. We're not really cooking as much as I want to be. I'm really missing it. The kitchen's not the best in the in the apartment, and uh, it's not ideal on the balcony. So so. I'm in a bit of a transition period at the minute, and it's it's uh, I'm I'm missing it to be honest. I am missing it. I can imagine, but I think as well that inspiration you're getting from all that food out there, it will just be amazing when you do get the chance to start cooking again. Yeah, all all those different meals you've eaten, all the different ingredients and things, it will it will really uh, be interesting to see what you come up with when you come back. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, sorry, go on, go on. No, I was going to say, how how has the food been out there? It's it's been fantastic. It's been a a real sort of eye opener. I think. I think that I, I mean, we spent some time in Asia previously as well, and uh, I mean, we're very open minded when it comes to food and try a lot of different things. So I think that I've tried a lot of the stuff that I I am re- eating regularly over here previously. But I think that when you live somewhere and you're, you're eating their food regularly, like what becomes normal to you slightly different, even down to like, uh, you go to the super, like cuts of chicken, for instance, you're, you're everything you're used to is just so different. So like you, you don't get any of the cuts of chicken that you get back home because they chop their chickens up in, in a completely different way to what they, they do back home. And you just get used to, there's so many different things. I mean, that's such like the basic most, smallest thing but uh it's just it's strange i think at first but when you when you live uh when you live somewhere and you're sort of eating their food regularly it becomes it becomes normal to you and you're just trying stuff all the time and it's it's stuff like i think uh textures especially when it comes to eating chinese food because malaysia is like a real mix of people and food so you've got your uh Malaysian food, you've got your Chinese food, you've got your Indian food, you've got your Chinese Malay, you've got your uh, Indian Malay, you've got your, it's just like a huge mix of just everything. And as, I mean, particularly Chinese and sort of the yakitori places around here you go to, they, they all eat uh, completely different cuts to what we eat back home. And it's like the whole, the whole animal thing, the whole animal movement that's going on in the world right now like using the whole of the chicken, for instance, is something that is done over here. And you'll get every bit of chicken that you could possibly imagine. And it's it's just really interesting, I think. The diff- and again, like the textures and stuff that they go for, that they want in their food, that probably aren't quite desirable back home. There's so many different things that just 
are just different, really, which is it's just hard to explain. <laughs> I know, yeah, it, it is very interesting. The texture thing's interesting. I saw uh, Fuchsia Dunlop talking about that with Chinese cuisine, and she says it takes Western people a while to get used to that sort of different texture. Yeah, and it's 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 a lot of the stuff that probably back home you'd bite into and be like, oh, and maybe spit into a napkin. That's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. Like, but it's it's almost, that's the sort of desirable bits that you, you eat and uh, almost sort of the bits you cut out from the chicken before you cook it You are the bits that you get served in your in your chicken curry or whatever it may be, for instance. It's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. And like the flavours over here, some things are just super simple and the ingredients just uh, do the talking, basically. And even just... Something else that's been really different over here is uh, seeing the difference in what you get back home to what you get over here. So let's just take soy sauce, for instance. Uh, and I know that you can go to Chinese supermarkets now and get all, all sorts of soy sauce, etc. But like your the difference in, I don't know, even just say chili powder or whatever it may be, the flavors are very different to what you're getting back home still. So when you're when you're combining stuff, even like limes, it sounds ridiculous, but even limes taste different here to what they taste back home. And fruit tastes very different. And vegetables, vegetables taste like vegetables again. So you get tomatoes that really taste like tomato, and it's it's a it's a completely different sort of palette over here. To be honest, it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think fruit and veg. I don't know if we just get not the best quality stuff in Britain. I think maybe we get the cheaper things and tomatoes are an interesting one because it's very hard to get good tomatoes unless they're sort of British grown, I think, or unless you get some premium ones from somewhere. So that is interesting. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is. It's just, and I mean, I'm going down, like, I'm just going off on a tangent here, but like cucumbers, whatever it may be, everything just tastes like how you imagine a cucumber to taste. But sometimes back home, I think you, you bite into fruit, fruit and veg these days and it tastes taste of nothing so everything's like sort of just full of flavor here and and very bold and that's that's something that i i quite enjoy yeah i love the food out there i was literally counting down to each meal, meal time each time around it's like <laughs> here's another hawker center can i go and eat some more food yeah i think that's my problem is i've just been i've been eating so much so much over here and it, it's it is great a lot of the food is just fantastic and at the same time, though, I, I tell you what it has done is is being over here for a long time. I do miss, I do miss some things from back home. Uh, like for instance, where I where I'm living in Malaysia, to get r- really good quality beef is is quite difficult. I would say. Uh, right. So like a real nice steak or something that I would I would absolutely love. I mean, I'm heading over to Japan on Saturday, so I'm not going to be. Uh, missing out on good steak for long or good beef for long. I'm going to get some good beef over there. But that, I mean, little things like that, that you, you do miss from back home as well. And I think that always when I go on holiday, like literally from the minute I land to the minute I take off again, I eat whatever the locals eat as much as I can. And I think that it's, it's so different living here where I, I literally eat local food 24-7 and I would never miss, uh, I would never miss my home food whilst I'm traveling. But whilst I'm living here there's so many things that I do miss and I think oh, I would really enjoy that right now or I really enjoy that right now <laughs> yeah definitely beef's, beef's a big one as well I think quality British beef especially like a Sunday roast or a nice steak you can't beat that can you oh you you really can you you can and and yeah I mean I'm 
whatever people say, I mean, I think the quality of beef in Britain is, is some of the best in the world. The, the tastiest beef in the world, I think it's just, we are lucky. And, and just even like uh, lamb and stuff like that. There's stuff that's cheap over here and stuff that's expensive over here. And it's, it's, it's pretty hard to get like a, a, a nice bit of lamb or a nice bit of beef or something like that. Uh, yeah, so there, there is things I miss, but there's stuff that, again, at the same time, I'm, I'm growing and, and in, enjoying over here. So, so it's, it's peaks and troughs. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned lamb. I had some great lamb last year from um, the Shetland Isles. Yeah. Um, the farmer just releases these sheep just on one of the, the little Shetland Isles, and then um, he picks them up. They get uh, they get butchered, and he delivers them to you. And it's it was ridiculously cheap as well, but fantastic quality. Really oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, QFest is is held on a on a lamb farm, and Joe uh, again has some fantastic quality West Country lamb, and I mean some of the best lamb I've, I've eaten. And you you something like like being over here for instance you you don't have any of those sort of connections you don't have your cupboards full of spices and herbs and rubs and marinades and sauces and this and that so i'm back to when like you first start to cook and you open up a recipe book and you have to buy every ingredient in it because you've got nothing at home (laughs) yeah yeah i remember when i first started learning to cook we had a jamie oliver book and we used to joke that it was like a 20 pound meal or something because everything in that that ingredient list you didn't have any of it and you had to buy everything all all from scratch yeah so it's just like that i was literally just talking to uh my wife sarah about this the other day we were laughing because her mum's uh since we've left her mum's had to start cooking again and she was just saying about how expensive everything is but that's what we were saying is that literally because you don't cook regularly you your like your store cupboard stuff's not there so your your spices aren't there your, your herbs aren't there your your this isn't there your that's not there like when it comes to sort of your fish sauces, you cook, so you cook something Thai or or Asian, you need to go out and buy a whole thing of soy sauce, a whole thing of fish sauce, and palm sugar, this, that, the other, and, and it soon adds up. But once it's in the cupboard, it's in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that's good. You mentioned uh, Kamado Joe earlier. I forgot to answer about that. So you were one of the people I asked loads of questions of I was after the <laughs> ceramic and I had this little space burning a hole in the hut and uh, I thought right I'm going to do it now I felt I got to a point I was quite comfortable with my uh, my Weber kettle cooked some great stuff on it I love it I think it's an absolute bargain for the money but yeah I just fancied uh, a bit more of a challenge something a little bit different and obviously that high searing heat for some steaks as well mm-hmm. so I went for the Kamado Joe. Done a few cooks on it so far. Really enjoyed it actually. It's been uh, it's been a great bit of kit. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the ceramics. I, I've used uh, a Joe and an egg before. I've not used any other ones, but I know there are some other good ones out there. But uh, I, I do love the Joe. I, I do think that it's it's a, a beautiful bit of kit to cook with. It's so easy. It holds temperature beautifully. Uh, heats up so quickly. It's so I, I I really do enjoy cooking on the Joe. It's a it's a nice bit of kit to cook on, to be honest. Definitely, I was quite nervous the first cook, so I just did something quite easy. But I was amazed. People were asking me afterwards how was it, and I couldn't really explain it. But I said it just felt very comfortable, very yeah. relaxed. It was um, it was just it was great cooking on it. Really enjoyed it. Hey, one of the last things I did before I came over here was. Uh, Commodity Joe had an event where 
it was like a charity thing. They they someone won a like a pitmaster experience, and I rocked up at a, a house in London and did a, a Joe experience night, and uh, it was it was really cool. So I I cooked for it was like twenty people uh, on uh, it was a big Joe, and we did it was a sort of tri tips. Uh, no, it's Bacania. Bacanias, we did some sort of, uh, what did we do? We did some potatoes on the chopper with some beef fat. And it was it was just, uh, it was fantastic, to be honest. And uh, it was just so easy. I mean, even cooking for that sort of number, it was just so easy. And again, like when you're sort of trying to host uh, an evening and cook for that many people at the same time, everything all fresh. And the idea was that they learned how to, to use their, their brand new Joe at the same time. So explaining to them everything along the way from lighting to the smoking process to the searing process and this and that. And to be honest, it was just so easy to do. And and that was thanks to the Joe. It was just, just it is just a great bit of kit. That is really good. When you said for 20 people, I thought, well, that's a bit of pressure there. I'll be a bit nervous with that. So you did uh, well, especially teaching them as well at the same time. Uh, I don't, don't, I was I was I was nervous at the time anyway because again more more so because it's just uh, it's it's someone's party they've invited people around to they've uh, well Kamado Joe spent a lot of money on on the meat and you, you do get a bit worried where you're like oh you just want it to be perfect you, I made a really I made a good old chimichurri and it, it was a beautiful meal and they all absolutely loved it the the beef turned out perfect uh, and I, I was really happy and and they all really enjoyed it and. Like I said, I mean, there's not many cookers that you'd be able to do that on and, and still have the time to, to turn around with the confidence to, to take your eye off it and, and chat to people. So, so yeah, I, I completely would say to anyone, to if you're looking into it, they're, they're a great bit of kit. Definitely. I think that Big Joe's got a bit of the wow factor as well, isn't it? When you see it yeah. each time, <laughs> open, open the hut door and that's the first thing I see and it always puts a smile on my face and <laughs> people come round, they can't believe the size of the thing. And I just, and again, like the, the little things now of like the, uh, so the lid, like the weighted lid that opens up with, with no pressure, it doesn't slam down anymore when you let go of it. There's, so many little things that are just fantastic on it. And I think that uh, Bobby, the the owner of the company, is doing fantastic things with Kamali Joe and they just constantly are, are making new innovations and, and planning things. They're talking to the community, asking what they want, how they'd want it developed. And uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a company doing great things for barbecue. No, that is good. I've seen... Um... Saw one of their competitors had caught up with some of their innovations recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Lead, lead others will follow. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's good competition. And, and again, it's, it's happening in, in a lot of the other sort of things with kettles, with uh, the bullet smokers. There's a few bullet smokers out now. And it's, it's good for the consumer to have healthy competition. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, we're the ones that will win in the end whilst people are whilst the companies are out there trying to, to be better than each other. Definitely. And the so you uni, you've, you've been sorry. cooking some, some cool stuff on the uni. Yeah, I love that uni. Um, I remember seeing it on Kickstarter. And yeah. They were, talking about, they were talking about these pizzas you can do. You can do it in like 90 seconds or something. I was thinking, no, that will never work. And there was great pictures of these pizzas. 
And I thought, no, I'm not convinced. But then more and more people in the barbecue community were buying them and I was seeing pictures of the pizzas and they were saying yeah. how good it was, how easy it was. And I thought, right, I'll go for it. So I got one. And I think that one was perfect for my blog because I took the same dough recipe, the same sauce recipe, um, usually the same topping. I think it was pulled pork for like 15 iterations of this pizza <laughs> or something just because there's always pulled pork in the freezer. Yeah. But but I wrote it down each time. This is what I did and this is what I would do differently. And gradually I was just learning enough about controlling the fire and how to build the pizza, how to shape it, how to spin it just to get it to a point where I was like, yeah, that's, that's really good. But that's another one just for 200 pounds. It is ridiculous what you can get yeah. out of it. I mean, again, not just, in, not just pizzas, but the cast iron cooks as well. Like the yeah, cast iron cooks blew me away when I started doing those. I couldn't believe it. I was chatting to someone on Twitter the other day. They were talking about getting one. They were saying that when they've, uh, they're basically just, uh, they're dying at the minute. And when they're saying that once they have lost two stone, they're buying themselves an uni. And I was just saying that, like, the cast iron for the uni is a fantastic thing for for healthy food. I mean, like, you get some veg in there, you get some meat in there, and, and cook it in that heat. You get really juicy meat with it cooked in a really healthy way. So I was chatting to them about that, and and I think that they went away and ordered something, which was which was funny. But uh, I'd probably encourage them not to lose weight, which probably wasn't the best thing to do. But yeah, I mean, Christian's another really cool guy who owns Uni, and uh, we've had him on the show a few times. And Uni is sponsoring uh, QFest this year, which is awesome. We're doing a pizza round at QFest. But yeah, I mean, the beauty of it is 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 actually the versatility of the Uni. And uh, Lucinda from Uni, who's their sort of PR, uh, who runs their PR, sort of got in touch with me and Ben and a few others last year at UK barbecue week and and we did a whole sort of uh segment of, of blog posts and recipe posts for for recipes on the uni and uh I mean flick through that uh if you're listening and, and have a quick look if you've got an uni there's so much stuff on there for from other people a couple of things from me uh of just different stuff that you can cook on the uni and just showing the versatility of it and people think of pizzas but there's just so much you can do Oh, definitely. I'll have a look at those. I'll get some inspiration. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think. Maybe. No, definitely. I'll have a look at that. It'd be good. I think one of the first ones I did in the cast iron, I think it was either lamb chops or a goat rump. I had a goat rump from Cabrito Goat yeah. Meat. And I wasn't really too sure what to expect, but it was absolutely amazing. Really blew me away. Just really quick cook in the cast iron, but it was a nice sort of crust and sear on the outside, but really really tender inside nice and juicy and then not long after i did some lamb chops and nice they, they just blew me away as well i just i just couldn't believe it i thought it's taken me too long to learn about these cast iron cooks in the uni and then i was just on it after that <laughs> seems to happen quite a lot i seem to i'll either find a book and i like a recipe and I, i've cooked loads and loads out of it uh or i'll find a technique or something and then i'll stick with it for a while before you move on <laughs> It's nice though, it's nice though, it's a nice way of sort of, once you start something there again, it's, it's probably the first time you're cooking cast iron in the uni, it's, it's, you've got a lot to learn and you keep going back and you pick up techniques and you, you speak to other people and they tell you little bits and, and that's and that's the beauty of it. So so yeah, I mean, we are at 40 minutes, I could carry on talking, uh, but I'm going to have to jump in and, and, and call it a day, but thank you very much Nathan, it's been great chatting to you and like I said we could probably go on for, 
for hours. I went off on a tangent for some reason about food over here, which uh, I probably shouldn't have and probably wasted five minutes or so. <laughs> I think that that was my fault. I asked that question. It was, it was interesting. It's always good to hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they would have rather heard from you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's been, it's been awesome having you on, mate. Thank you very much. And uh, maybe we'll have to get you on again to, to finish the conversation off. No, thank you very much for having me on. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.